Hello, Friendship Fam. Welcome to Friendship Church Studios in beautiful Shakopee, Minnesota. I'm with pastors Matt and Joel. We're doing a deep dive into 1 John, where we are recognizing that the truths given to the church nearly 2,000 years ago still apply today. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Hey, church fam, Joel here, and we want to thank you for listening to the Friendship Church Podcast. We appreciate you, and we are thankful for you. This last year has been a challenge. We have tried unique ways to stay connected and figure out how to love, live, and serve like Jesus through this season. And we're doing it together. That's the big reason that our fellowship was named Friendship Church. We are friends doing this together. We hope to see you around and connect. As always, we hope to see you in Shakopee or Prior Lake on Sundays at 9 or 1045. Welcome, fam. We are glad to have you join us today as we deep dive into 1 John. And and just before we jump in, uh, I'm here with Pastor Matt and Pastor Joel. And and guys, I, I was just thinking as I was preparing for the segment, I was thinking about uh, impossible things, you know, things that seem like it's unbelievable. There's no way that could happen. There's no way that could happen. Uh, is there anything like that that you have ever accomplished? So has there ever, have you ever done something that was seemingly impossible, but you did it anyways? I got married. <laughs> <laughs> You beat Matt to the punch oh, on that, that one. That was good. Yep. Was, instead of letting Matt say it, I say it. I spent it takes five, the sting away. That I way. spent five years in that impossibility of just waiting for that impossibleness to be possible. <laughs> that is that. That's awesome. That is awesome. And in those yeah. days, it's kind of like, oh, there is no mm. way someone would want to marry me. I don't even know how to do dishes. Well, right. I mean, I did know. Ask my roommates. <laughs> oh, your roommates didn't know, but you did. Yeah, I'm going to throw them under that bus. Good. And then back up. Back yeah. up over them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got married. Nice. Nice. I would say mm-hmm. along those lines, something impossible that um, I've seen accomplished in my life is that there are several areas of my life where I keep things clean. Mm. Like, you know, my room is pretty clean. Like the laundry gets folded and mm. I do that. So like if if you ask my mom when she saw me at, I don't know, age 16, mm-hmm. age 19, age 21, is he ever going to keep anything clean? She would have said, that's impossible. <laughs> but the impossible has become a reality. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when I say Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. does that mean anything to you? Does? Okay. No. Is that... But is I would that say like that an inspiration. A, a much kind of larger influence in my life is someone that I live with who likes things clean. <laughs> Isaiah. And, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a neat freak. <laughs> I I can appreciate that. I think uh, Joel, I'm probably with you on the whole marriage thing. It was like uh, I don't know about that. And then even even just uh, getting into ministry, like. It, it makes sense now looking back, but in those days when I talked to my friends about going to Bible college, they were like, no way, <laughs> what are you thinking? There's no way you're going. 
And uh, of course, I was a new believer and they hadn't seen that side of me or what mm. was stirring in my own heart. So uh, that that was a big thing. I'm sorry, but this week <laughs> I watched something happen, which is I, I thought was impossible. Uh-huh. And then it was accomplished. Kenny and I had a lunch with someone at a restaurant called what? Rancho Loco. Rancho Loco in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. That means crazy ranch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Kenny ordered oh. uh, the giant no, burrito. No, Kenny did not order that. Okay. I was I was suckered into that one. Yes, that that's fair. <laughs> he ordered this burrito, which was a burrito of unusual size. And friends, when I say a burrito of unusual size, you may be thinking, oh, yeah, a big burrito like Chipotle. No. No, no, no. This burrito was three to four times the size of a Chipotle burrito. Like what? it legitimately it's like shoulder three width. to four times the size yeah. of a Chipotle burrito. It's enormous. And when it came and it has French fries in it and bacon <laughs> all over the top uh, of it. And cheese and cheese sauce uh, everywhere. 70 pounds and, of cheese. Yeah, yeah. And when it came, I said, There is not a chance that Kenny can eat all of that. And we sat there. As he ate every last bite. <laughs> wow. Matt, when it came out, the, the well, no, when <laughs> that person ordered it, mm-hmm. the the waitress looked like, nah, you gotta be joking. Like she's waiting for oh. the punchline. Yeah, the look on her face was priceless. Like, I'm sorry, you're gonna do what? Yeah. I was not intimidated at all until I saw that face. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh my. <laughs> then there were some nerves. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. But then can we just say who the other person was? Is yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Mark Elwine, he starts uh, goading me a little bit, mm-hmm. and then he starts making some promises. Oh no! Like, like what? Like he's going to sing a song about me. Either way, yes. oh no! I can either be the hero or the villain. The villain. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know what he had in mind, but he had something in mind. Hmm. It was intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted the accolades. Like, I just did it for the accolades. <laughs> well, Your pastor scout badge. <laughs> I, I kid you not, I did not eat for 35 hours after that. No yeah. way. I believe yeah. it. No, I believe I it. It was enormous. Yeah. And what I and ate was like mushrooms. Yes. I, had, I literally, I had mushrooms. And I would say that uh, Joel and I just want to express our admiration. <laughs> Um, I haven't all of seen those it. things that we said to denigrate you and belittle you behind your back, we take all of those back oh, at this you. point. It, it is that, then it was worth it. It was worth it. I mean, Goodness. does anyone else see the big elephant in the corner? Hey, stop teasing me. <laughs> anyone else? It was a big don't burrito. Call me, don't call me a big elephant. All right. Uh, I'm not talking to Matt and Kenny right now, but if you're listening, did anyone else hear that they were both our lead pastors meeting with our former worship pastor, Mark Elwin? Should anyone be concerned? I mean, <laughs> anyone? Oh, yeah, I remember concerned? now why we weren't going to say anything. Oh, yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. Oh, no. Uh, I. Uh, yeah. The other thing... We had such a great time, though. Yeah, we did. It was a lot of fun. He's a great guy to hang out with. It's <laughs> so much fun. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mark, we're going to Cannon Falls, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, Joel, man. there's nothing but love from me to you. After you ate that burrito, you might have looked like you were pregnant with your eighth kid, <laughs> which would be impossible. Uh, uh, right. But it's also, you know, you had mm. seven kids. That's kind yeah. of... 
amazing too. Well, Cindy is quick to point out that she, she had seven kids. Right, right. I was going to correct myself, Cindy. So, yeah. is there anybody in this? Cindy. Is there anyone in this room wow, that, that has a segue <laughs> from burritos of unusual size to First John chapter two? <laughs> Uh, anybody got that segue on them? First okay, John is a small book, unlike <laughs> the size of the burrito that Kenny ate. Nice job. You did that, and you were not sacrilegious. I appreciate well that. done. That, yeah. was, that was good. Okay, well, let's go into this smallish book of First John. First John chapter 2 is mm. where we're at. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up. If you haven't uh, buckled up and gotten your coffee, I don't know what to tell you because we're jumping in. All right, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. There's just so much in this passage, and I, I, I love First John for that. There's, you know, it, it reads very simply, but the depth of of the words is it's amazing it's life-giving and and that's that's one of the things i like about it when when you were reading this um it, it starts with my little children and and i just i think sometimes uh in our culture we can come off condescending but that's not the like like when we're talking to someone younger and and refer to them by their age or whatever but that's not the intention in this so so just want to get that out there right away. John is not belittling anyone. He's just talking about his his position as a spiritual father and to these young people who have been believers, uh, who have been challenged by people like Serenthus, who uh, are kind of those early forerunners of Gnosticism in the church and this idea that, hey, uh, we have this secret knowledge that... Uh, you need to have, but can't get on your own because you're simple. Hmm. And John is saying, you're, you're my kids, and I love you. I'm going to take everybody. It's like a, a father sitting down with uh, with his family and just having a heart-to-heart. Hmm. And we see that in John right from the beginning of this chapter. I love it. And then he goes on to say, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. Yikes. Yeah, how do, how do we approach that verse in a way that isn't... Uh, totally discouraging and overwhelming. Right. Right. I'm sorry, that was a legitimate question. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, I thought you were getting ready to pontificate about you mean how like, to do like it. normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, here's Matt's 10 minutes. <clears throat> <laughs> no. No, I love it when you go off. Uh, Joel, what do you what do you call that? You you had a name for us when we geek out or something. Mm. Oh we man! Well, know. yeah, you guys kind of geek out like you know Christian frat boys. Mm. <laughs> Christian frat boys. Yeah. Oh. So uh, how do we do that? Uh, how is this not discouraging? Because I, uh, you know, anytime I mean the idea of the word sin there is like to to miss the mark, and. 
And so uh, the reality is we miss the mark often. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, I think we talked about this a little bit in one of our previous podcasts that this is an issue of repetition and an issue of purposefully doing it, right? Like I'm choosing to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Hey, aim at this. No, I'm going to aim at the car going by. Uh, it, it's it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Again, repetition. So I think, yeah, go ahead. I think it's helpful to me too to think about it in terms of individual instances. So if I read this so that the purpose is for me to not sin ever, well, I've already, I've already sinned. Like I'm right. I already lost the check in that checkbox or whatever you want to say, right? right. I, I think that's a challenge. But if I understand this to be about uh, the next time that temptation comes calling, mm-hmm. um, you know, my little children writing these things to you so that when you guys are done recording this podcast in your conversations immediately afterwards, you won't sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're having lunch with whoever you're having lunch with, that you won't sin. Right. Uh, when you're spending time driving in your car from one campus to another, a friendship church, you won't sin. Like if I can, if I think about it in terms of those individual instances, he has written this book so that in each individual instance, I won't sin. Um, if I think about it in terms of my whole life, well, it's too late. I've already sinned a million times. Right. Um, but he's he's writing it so that that next time that that presents itself, I won't sin. I won't right. go that path. I'll go a different path. Right. And, and he follows that up even, right? Like, but if anyone does sin, I mean, that's the next line. Mm-hmm. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate uh, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I, I think it's an interesting word that's used there, advocate. It's the a, a same word that's used to refer to the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, I, I think it, it also has this, um, I don't know, uh, it, it starts to go into like a, a judge and a jury. That's that's the way it feels, at least in English. You know, like, oh, we have somebody who's advocating for us, somebody who has more mm-hmm. authority than us, somebody who can speak to these things better. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I like the interlacing of that word uh, advocate that is used for the Holy Spirit that's also used for Jesus reminding us of the Trinity. So mm-hmm. there's some depth of... Uh, of uh, of word use here. Yeah. Speaking of depth, <laughs> he's the propitiation. Go. Speaking yes. of depth and the propitiation, uh, our next hymn in the hymn project is called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Oh, and does it nice. use the word propitiation? It doesn't, but it talks about what that means about, oh. you know, Jesus dying on the cross in our place yeah. and standing the gap and how he died for the sins of the world and one of the interesting things in that song and talking about sin, I guess, with this verse is the song is sung from a vantage point of okay, here we are, two thousand years later. But the sins of the the sins of the world is what hung Jesus on that cross. Right. It wasn't the sins of the Jews and the Gentiles at the foot of the cross that day. Mm. You know, he died for our sins. Mm-hmm. I wasn't alive that day, but I'm no less guilty of standing there among the crowd singing or, you know, yelling or crucify him, you know, like, how do I know I wouldn't have been any different in that day? Right. But he died for my sin, despite whether I'm yelling that or not. Right. Um, that's how he's the propitiation. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you to use another uh, Bible term, atonement is 
mm-hmm. is a word, a phrase I like a lot because it, it's simply broken down to that at one, being at one with God and, and Jesus being willing to give his life that we could be at one with the Father is, uh, that that's a big deal. And, you know, again, for the first century listeners, as they're, as they're hearing this heresy, but, but to them, it's not like this is theology developing in front of them. And uh, this is a relationship with God develop an understanding of God developing in front of them. So they don't necessarily, like we can look back from 2000 years and go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's clearly uh, heresy. They're walking in real time with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so for them, this, this idea that I can be at one is this I with God is this idea that oh I have to have this special knowledge this unique information and and uh, for John he said no 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 Jesus has done that like this is this is for everybody and this is so that you don't have to keep missing the mark you can mm-hmm. live this day by day Jesus took care of that for us yeah I, I appreciate what you said there Kenny about he he has done that right yeah. uh, because John says I, I write this to you so that you will not sin well okay great maybe if I can get rid of enough sin then I can right then I can be in God's presence and have a relationship mm-hmm. with him um, but he immediately launches into no 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 he's the advocate he's the propitiation I have no ability to atone for myself mm-hmm. I don't have any ability to satisfy the punishment of God that my sin deserves he's done that and mm-hmm. and so there's this uh, strong sense immediately that you just said of nope it's about him and what he's done uh you you can't do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly uh, i i think that um uh, as you read first john it's easy to get uh, to stumble on things <clears throat> so for example uh whoever says i know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him so uh, let me just back up and say, so is this referring to uh, earning our salvation? Uh, is that what that is? Or is it proving our salvation? Or, or like, what does that mean? Mm. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandment is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I said commandment, it's commandments, plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's stated positively in the verse before, saying... Hey, we can we can know we know him if we keep his commandments, right? Yeah. So it's stated positively and then negatively in order to emphasize this point, mm-hmm. and it uh, it it clearly seems to be about the evidence of knowing him, not the pathway or cause to knowing him, right? So, right. Uh, by this we know this is the evidence. The evidence that you know him is that you keep his commandments, which. Um, John is going to say is all all about love, right? Right, and but it's not burdensome, <clears throat> right? But it's it's about it's about evidence, not your pathway to or your cause of. Yeah, here, uh, which is which is important in terms of how we look at this passage because I can look at this passage and say, oh shoot, I'm supposed to keep his commandments, boy, uh, and if I don't keep them, I don't know him. Well, I better work really hard to keep his commandments then. Right. But but that's not actually the pathway. This passage is saying it's the test or evidence of whether or not I know him. So if I'm not keeping his commandments, the answer isn't to try really hard to keep his commandments. The answer is I don't know him, and I need to come into relationship with him. Right. Because those in relationship seek to keep his commandments. Right. 
And and just just to kind of tag on to what you're saying there, Matt, that idea of keep, uh, it's it's a it's a fun word that's used. It can also mean to guard. It's used actually of the guards when they guarded Jesus's tomb. Mm. They kept his tomb. That's that's the word that's used there. And so it kind of gives a different flavor. I mean, to guard something maybe has a a, a little different. Like I'm I'm guarding this. I'm guarding his commandments. I'm I'm making provision to do that. It's not just, mm. oh, if if I can, if I stumble on it, maybe I will. If I'm no, I'm being very purposeful to look for opportunity to keep his commandments. Mm. Uh, it, it has a little different flavor in that, and I I I really appreciate the uh, the depth of that that word and the flavor that it gives mm. when we look at this passage. One of the one of the things that strikes me too as we sit here this morning is whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. And there is a I don't know, movement. Maybe there always has been, but it's it's certainly visible right now, uh, to separate uh the love of Jesus from keeping his word and keeping his commandments. Yes. Mm. Uh, right? And and here it's like, no, 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 that's, that's impossible. Yeah. As a matter of fact, genuine God type of love is about keeping his commandments, and keeping his commandments are all about love. And there is this, this unhealthy movement within at least some wing of the church yeah. to say, well, God's all about love. These commandments over here, eh, not that helpful. Don't, don't pay attention to those. Right. Just, just love in whatever way feels best to you. And First mm-hmm. uh, John seems to say, no, no what? Right. That, that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's affirmed in quite a few other passages, but uh, to me, mm-hmm. one of in uh, James, you know, the half-brother of Jesus, saying, uh, faith without deeds is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if, if you're going to tell me you have faith, then there should be some actions that, that mm. are associated mm. with it. There should be fruit in your life. One of, the, one of the best ways to understand God's love is to understand the inverse, which is the weight of our sin. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to understand the love of God without any concept of what sin is... yeah. I mean, it's possible to understand the love of God, but the reason it's there for us, hmm. the reason He sent His Son because He loves us so much is, well, there's no way of us getting out of our sin by ourselves, and mm-hmm. so you can't just leave the sin by the wayside and say, well, let's just love like God loves. Well, we got to hmm. deal with the sin piece, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I had a pastor. He would always say, uh, "People can't be found until they're lost first. Right. People can't come alive unless they know they're dead. <laughs> Talking mm. spiritually about it, and and I I, I always uh, to your point, Joel, that uh, we got to understand the weight of our sin and the mm. reality that that we can't get out of it on our own. Mm. You know this this passage follows up with uh, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, mm. referring to Jesus. And they're not talking about you should wear sandals, right? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not the point. But but to walk in a way that Jesus walked. And so, again, I, to your point earlier, Matt, this is about a relationship. How do we know how Jesus walked if we don't know Jesus? Mm-hmm. How do we not? How do we walk as Jesus walked if we don't dig into His Word and uh, and find the Jesus of Scripture and allow Him to have a work in our lives? I, I don't. I don't think we can. This is a 
a passage that, uh, you know, speaks to the things going around us. Um, it's, it's Pride Month. And on Pride Month, one of the things that becomes clear is love is defined uh, by many in our world today as affirming you in whatever you want to do, that whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be, I just need to affirm you in that, and that is love. Mm. And First John seems to say, you know, I, I think love is defined as keeping the commandments of God. Love is defined as keeping the word of God, verse 5. Yeah. Uh, and genuine love calls people to attention to that, that mm-hmm. we have a maker and he has told us how we are to live. And uh, real love uh, doesn't just affirm whatever way people choose to live, no matter how contrary it is to their maker's desires. Uh, genuine love calls people to um, the commandments of God mm-hmm. and to what his word says. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, friends, I I wonder if First John is speaking to your heart. I wonder uh, just this week, as you're as you're walking in um, in your daily life, is there a way for us to live this out in real time? I want to challenge you with that, and as always, be encouraged to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Only God can do the impossible, and I will say personally how thankful I am to have the amazing wife that I do and for God blessing me with her. We see in Proverbs 18, verse 22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. I'm also thankful for God's word, the amazing gift we have today that calls us to repent from our sin and to follow him each and every day. With that said, we'd like to continue on with another segment of Code Word in a future episode where we sneak in a special word during an episode of this podcast. Please submit your word suggestions to podcast at friendshipmn.org or maybe some questions you'd like to hear us discuss and even let us know how you're doing. We'll see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast. Podcast.